the tip test. You hit up Jellies for a snack. Your waitress mistakes you for someone who looks like you, black, who once ran up a $30 bill and left a dollar tip. You watch all the other customers order before you do. Pastrami sandwich on rye. And then proceed to wait no less than 40 minutes for your food. How do you tip? A. 40 minutes? She's lucky if she gets 40 cents. Okay, you do a good job, maybe see a tip. B. <laughs> she was tripping, but 15% is the least I can do. Or C. I reject the stereotype that African Americans do not tip. I will leave 20, no 25, just to prove that I can. I just want to say right now that to everybody who had to go and be a proud, vain, arrogant, whiny, ill-informed protester on Twitter, this episode is for you. To all of you, because I had a stack of DVDs at the library, and I could have chosen between several of them, and this is the one that I chose to move to the uh, top of the stack. Uh, we are giving our thoughts on Dear White People this morning. Yeah. And let's get a disclaimer out of the way, just so that... I mean, everybody should know this at this point, but let's get it out of the way. We're both white guys. Yes. We're dealing with some really sensitive issues here. Yeah. It's kind of painfully obvious that we're two white guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're dealing with some really sensitive issues, and we're going to step wrong. We we know we're going to step wrong. We stress, though, it's coming from a place of love, y'all. It's, it's coming from a real place of we don't want to get this wrong. If you need our thoughts on the movie, just, you know... How do we feel about it at the top of the cast? If you're uncomfortable with where this is going to go, know that we're recommending the hell out of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is a first rate. This is a first rate film and you should see it. This is one that I personally supported out of the gate because yes, uh, you did. it was an Indiegogo project. Yeah, and I, I, gave, uh, I gave 10 bucks to it. You saw it in theater. You gave us a text review, which we will post with this. Oh, yeah. I didn't see until... Uh, uh, I guess I didn't watch it until Monday, come to think about it. Yeah, I didn't watch it until Monday. I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. But yeah, as I said, the big controversy right now over the movie is Netflix is doing a TV series based on it. Uh, ten episodes, it'll start in April. It's based on the movie. It's not, it doesn't look like it's going to be a continuation. It looks like it's going to be a retelling, more or less. Uh, same characters with mostly different actors. A couple of the parts are going to be the same actors. A number of the actors are just too expensive for them already, which is kind of nice, in my hmm. opinion. Um, that is good, yeah. Do you know which actors are going to be returning? Uh, the actor that played Troy, and I think one of the other smaller actors. Hmm, nice. Yeah. Um, so not Lionel, as I was hoping. No, no, he's, he, he's, I'm afraid he's out of their range. Uh, That's okay, though, because he should be. <laughs> from what I've seen, I don't think the character's in that many episodes, though, Uh I didn't see the character. Really? Yeah, I didn't see him listed for too many. Um, hmm. I might be wrong, but and that's just IMDb's information. Um, I have hope for this, though. Um, but people are mad because they hear the title and they think, oh, this is going to be so offensive to us. You know what? It might very well be. I I'm just going to say that right now, right off the bat. If this title offends you, this movie probably is going to offend you. This movie probably is going to make you uncomfortable. As stated earlier in political forums this year, art should not really make you comfortable. Yeah. I mean, if art is making you uncomfortable, it's doing its job. And if you think that art should be apolitical, 
you don't understand what art is. Art, even when it is the most blockbuster, fluffy art, is always political. The Transformers movies have a violent pro-military message. The Dark Knight movies have some really unsettlingly uh, pro-Patriot Act stuff in them. Go down the list. Captain America's very creation was a political act. The entire idea behind Iron Man was that it was supposed to be what if one of the true bad guys in this world became a superhero? So, mm-hmm. yeah, don't give me that art's supposed to be apolitical. No, you know, no, it can never be apolitical. And this movie is political as hell. However, I also wonder if this movie is exactly the movie that people think it is. I- I'm almost certain it's not. I think I found it a very different film, actually, from what I was expecting in a very good way. Mm-hmm. I-, I mean, I think if you come to this movie expecting a strident, gur gur gur, you know, oh, this, you know, one side is right and the other side is completely wrong, you're going to be really thrown by what this movie really is. This is not that film. So I suppose we should do a quick run-through of what the film is, get the plot out of the way. Um, This is... It's fitting to me that this movie name-checks Robert Altman in a really brilliant way at one point, with the character Mm -hmm. saying, you know, that he's a huge Robert Altman fan. He's gone to the uh, Black Student Union, and, you know, he doesn't belong there. He's uncomfortable, and he says, look... You know, I'm a guy who's into Robert Altman films, and one of the other guys uh, steps in with just a brilliant quote about it. My man, how come you never come to BSU? I listen to Mumford and Sons and watch Robert Altman movies. Really think I'm black enough for the union? Yo, I love Robert Altman. What goes in? It's the movie basically grabbing you and going, yeah, yeah, we're not, uh, you know, seriously, get rid of your expectations. Um, this movie is not going to be as stereotypical as you think it will be. Oh, no, it's going to avoid stereotypes like the plague, actually. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Which is something I really love about it. Um, writer-director Justin Simeon, I firmly believe, must obviously be a serious Robert Altman fan because this film feels like his stuff. It's Altman as hell. It's very Altman. Not just in the way that it's a multi-character story, But in the way that he weaves the themes in, in the way that, you know, the editing, the chapters felt very Altman. Uh, I mean, yeah, this movie feel, I mean, not that I'm saying that's a trope of Altman's, but it's stylization that feels of his style. So, yeah, I I don't think that name checking was an accident. Um, No. As I said, the movie, it's a multi-thread story. Uh, it does that very current thing that we're seeing right now in movies of it starts at the end and flashes back. Yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, it's not really a new trope. It's not a new trope, but it's become standard almost nowadays. Um, yeah, it's it's this it's it's the Sunset Boulevard mm-hmm. opening. It's the Sunset Boulevard American Beauty opening. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about it. So much so that there's kind of a meme about it, like it's. Uh, what is it? It takes like the opening of like a serious movie or or mm-hmm. the ending of a serious movie or whatever, and it's a text meme. It goes, uh, um, freeze frame record scratch. You're probably wondering how I got here. That's pretty much what this is. I mean, that's pretty much what this yeah. is becoming. It's well used yeah. here. There are a lot of movies though that are using it to cheat the audience. It's like okay, it's slow and boring now. Right. You know, wait until you get, you know, wait, because something good is going to happen. No, no, you're not doing... What's funny is that Deadpool uses that in reverse. Mm Mm-hmm. It it really kind of, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Like, it opens with the action pack so that they can get to the boring story. Mm -hmm. And it acknowledges that. Yeah. Um, but I, but yeah, it's well used here, though, because... It very much is a movie about, okay, because it really is a movie about how did we get to this point. Everything that happens in the film leads us to this one moment. So we have a series of threads going through this movie. The movie opens with a racial, a very, very disturbing black-themed party at a white uh, fraternity. Are you tired of your humdrum, wonderbred existence of accidental racism and wishing you could sip on Henny out your crunk cup without a bitch giving you the side eye? For all those looking to unleash their inner Negro from years of bondage and oppression, Pastiche proudly presents Dear White People. Dudes, 
Must Rock, Fubu, Echo, Rock Aware, or Sean John. Triple XL is the smallest size T-shirt you can wear, preferably with the collage of Barack Obama and Tupac on it. Now feel free to fry on up some chicken, bring some Kool-Aid, watermelon, 40s, and of course that purple drink. Or it's like it's a literary magazine that's held on campus, but I mean it's basically. Like, I think they, uh, unless I'm mistaken, they keep describing it as a satire magazine. Yeah, it's a satire magazine. It's like the Harvard Lampoon. Um, yeah. Something like that. Which, <sighs> yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where they use satire in a way that uh, it's obvious that they're just using it as an excuse to be complete mm-hmm. dickheads. Which is interesting, because I'm going to stop right now and say that this is an actual piece of satire. Yes. This movie is an actual satire. Mm-hmm. That kind of behavior that the movie depicts, that's not actual satire. That's being a dick and using uh, satire as a cover for it. That's what the characters do. That's not what the movie does. The movie does a fantastic job of showing what actual satire is. Yeah, I mean, it was so much so that I, like, the end where they flash, like... A bunch of college campuses mm-hmm. who did the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I had to stop and go, whoa, that's real? That's oh. that's happening uh, right now? It's Simeon like- actually wasn't planning on using this as a plot point in the movie because he thought it was really? too ridiculous. Right. Until he saw the stories. Because, yes, yes, uh-huh. this is absolutely a real thing. I have seen reports of this, yet nothing that this movie depicts is actually something that hasn't happened. That's, uh, yeah, that's the mark of good satire, that this absolutely is real, and it's disgusting. Um, Boy, this movie does not, the scenes in that party, by the way, made me feel bad. They made me feel bad as a person for watching them. Yeah, when when Lionel gets to the party, like, you're right there with him. Mm. Like, he's, uh, you know, which which reasserts my theory that he's he's basically an insert for the audience. So let's, let's so as we're going through the threads, let's start with Lionel. Lionel is our yeah. audience surrogate. He's someone who, he's been moved around from house to house at this uh, fraternity, er, at this college. Yeah. Well, Mostly because he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't want to be grouped with the black kids. Yeah. Like, there's one, like, it it sets up right away that, uh, you know, all these fraternities and group houses, most of them are white, but there's one designated house for the black students. Mm-hmm. Like, mostly for, you know, by, by choice. Like, it was yeah. set up. Yeah. And, that it, way. and it's set up that the, that the black students actually really like having their own house because it gives yes. them a pl- a center of power on the campus. Yes. Which is a really cool idea. I actually really like that. Um, and so, you know, that's an idea that runs through the movie. One of the big threads of the movie, in fact, is uh, a fight to keep the house from being disassembled more or less. Yeah. Cause the president doesn't really like uh, the fact that there's a segregated house. Mm-hmm. And it misses the fact that this is something that does give these students a sense of power, a sense of belonging, a a, a community. And uh, so Lionel doesn't feel like he fits in there. He wants to be away from it because he is a nerd and gay. Yes. And he's a very it's he's very much non stereotypical in his portrait in, as the film portrays him of both types. He's not a stereotypical right. nerd. I mean, he's a Star Trek fan uh, and he's a film geek. Yeah. But he's not portrayed as like, you know, he's not portrayed as stere- he's not a screech basically. And right. and he's not flamboyantly gay. He's he's just no. gay. He's he's just he's 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 gay. It's just the movie's attitude is, you know, this is a thing that exists. And it's very casual about it. Um yeah. The the way they introduce this is, you know, his the house that he's currently at is uh you know the is run by the uh was it yeah the pastiche people yeah the, uh, the satire magazine and they they leave a voice message that's so uh, homophobic 
Oh, extremely. Yeah, like, we're not going to put a clip of that in there because in here because we're it, not. But yeah, it's basically an advertisement for Lionel to whore himself out. It's disgusting. Uh, it's it's yeah, and it's like he pretty something. I'm sure that this is a true fact of life on like college campuses, which is not you know. But he presents it to the like to what the dean of students, uh-huh. and he doesn't do shit about it. He's like. Everything's pretty locked up, but we will find a residence to move you into. Third time's a charm, right? Yeah. No, do something. Because that's how bullying actually happens in real life, is they try to address the problem, but they don't punish the people responsible. They try to deal with the person that's complaining. That's reality. Yeah, because they, they don't want to confront, and it's like, well, you should. Yeah, well, that's that's reality. I mean... Believe me, Simeon knows what the hell he's talking about in this movie. Um, but yeah, Lionel is very much our outsider. He's trying to get involved in the school papers. He doesn't really seem to have much success there. Um, those are very segregated, very, you know, their own world communities. And he doesn't fit in there. He doesn't fit in anywhere. The, the big theme of every single character in this movie I think more than even about race, this movie is mostly about identity, about the search for an identity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lionel will, he, he does start to come to peace with himself over the course of the film. Mm-hmm. But as I said, he's one of multiple arcs we have to hit on. Uh, Tyler James Williams plays Lionel and just does an excellent, excellent job. I, I want to see him in more stuff. And that's what I'm going to say about a lot of the actors in this movie. You know, there is the Black House, and they have a... Uh, and one of the early themes of the movie is that there's a fight for who will be the head of the house. Uh, the two people that are running are um, the head, the son of the dean of students, uh, Troy Fairbanks. Yeah, and the dean of students is, by the way, played by uh, Dennis Haysbert. Yeah, Haysbert is such a great choice for this movie because mm-hmm. he has that voice of authority, but it's a voice of authority that. There's something subversive about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that he's not acting in your best interest. Yeah, no. He's very good at playing people who... There's a selfish motivation behind what they're doing. And he's arrogant and he's proud. And he and that's certainly the character that he's playing here. He is really good in this movie. Um, I suppose my reasons for finding him such a subversive presence probably have... A lot to do with the fact that I watched Major League at an early age, where he plays a man with a very severe anger issue uh, in those films, hmm. in the first two movies. I don't know if he's in the third movie. Hell, the third movie doesn't exist, in my opinion. But he's real good in this movie, um, playing a character who, he's at war with the uh, president, he really doesn't like the man, and he's using his son as a device, you know, as I mean, he's completely a weapon against the man. Yeah. It's a sleazy, uncomfortable performance, and Haysbert just sells it. Uh, but uh, Troy, he, he he's he's a, he's a very likable character. As sleazy as he is, the uh, guy above him is sleazier. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna get to them. We're gonna get to them. We have a lot yeah. of characters to hit on. We do. There are a lot. But uh, Troy himself, he's a very likable character. He, he really is. He's someone that. In another movie, he would be a clear-cut villain type, I think, because he, yeah. he is so, you know, he's he's powerful. He's, he's the son of power. He, you know, he's the big man on campus. He's someone that everyone likes. Mm-hmm. But the movie does a good job of showing that you actually kind of are supposed to like him because he's conflicted. He's struggling yeah. with everything. He's struggling with his life. He's struggling with what does he really want out of life and that's something that he's fighting with and he does a it's a it's a, it's a really good performance uh, i need to have the imdb listing up so that i can get the actors names up because i want to give yeah. these people fair credit um like as he has that great scene with lionel where they're talking and he you know it's it's all it's the only scene the characters have but it's kind of an uncomfortable scene it, it really kind of showcases how lionel doesn't feel like he fits in uh, Brandon Bell, by the way, is the actor uh, who plays uh, Troy. Um, just wanted to get that right. Um, and it's such a great scene between them because you see that Troy really probably would have been someone who would have helped him out. He 
he really probably could have been a friend to this guy if they'd met under different circumstances. I just, I love yeah. that scene. That's such a great, great piece of writing. So, Carter Kirk. Kirk? Wait, I, yo, you, what happens at the crib stays at the crib. I'm not trying to get my card revoked. Someone could say that a show that had Whoopi Goldberg, Michael Dorn, and Kunta Kinte himself was a pretty black show. That work out for you? No, no, it did not. Troy is, he runs for head of house against his ex-girlfriend, uh, Sam White, uh, played Sam by... Sam White. That's a subtle name. That's a subtle name. Uh, played by the movie's <laughs> unambiguous star. Uh, Tessa Thompson has come out of this movie on to major things. Uh, she's in Creed, which I have... Good. I'm sorry, I have yet to see it. I just haven't had the time. I've heard she's fantastic in it. Um... Uh, she's going to be in Thor Ragnarok, uh, playing, uh, she's going to be playing Valkyrie in it. Just a reminder for people, by the way, that Valkyrie is traditionally, uh, drawn as, you know, a, always drawn, in fact, as, you know, blonde, uh, Nordic, not a mixed race woman, uh, like Thompson. Uh, nice. I like, I love that casting. And the thing is, Valkyrie's defining trait is strength. (laughs) Oh boy. Does Thompson nail that here? Uh, Sam is the movie's yeah. militant. She is the militant activist. Hands down, she is the one who is the shit disturber. She is extremely militant. She gives the movie its title with a radio show that she does, Dear White People, in which she lays out things that white people need to stop doing. Dear white people, apparently Morgan Freeman wasn't enough. Obama could cure cancer, and somewhere white folks will be embroiled in protest. And he's only half black. She has a major chip on her shoulder about white people. She doesn't like white culture. She doesn't... None of it. She's mad at all of it. And I don't think it's supposed to be a shock to the audience that we find out that she's mixed race. But that does become a major plot point, which is her acceptance of that fact. As the movie goes on, we find out that she is dating, not really dating, she's hooking up with a teacher's assistant in her film class. And that that relationship is so great because you expect it to go one way. You expect to find out that the guy, he's white, and you expect to find out that, oh, he's sleazy, he's got, there's something wrong with him. He turns out to be one of He's great. Yeah, he, he turns out to be one of the nicest guys in the entire movie. Yeah, I, I love the setup for their uh, yeah. relationship, which is the, you know, the film class, and he's, like, he's commenting on her film while they walk, and, like, they're basically having a little argument over the meaning of her film. Are you honestly saying that art can't be reactionary? You're reacting to something that's almost 100 years old. Oh, yes, because fear of black men involved in U.S. government is a completely antiquated concept. No. Who primarily buys hip-hop, watches Housewives of Atlanta, the same homogenized images of black people over and over again? White people, okay? Who goes to see Tyler Perry movies? We're an underfed community. It means that I am indistinguishable from the so-called urban images of black folks used to amuse and market to white America. And the commodification of culture is uniquely oppressive to black people. Mm -hmm. So when Kanye raps about Louis V and Rolexes and classical art, exactly what exploited pockets of black America are those references being mined from? Smash cut to them having sex. Yeah. Well, not so much smash smash cut as, like, ease in. Like, wait, why are both of them in her apartment? Wait, oh. It's still the fact that it's a major transition. Um, right. And for the record, his criticisms about the film are actually pretty good criticisms. Uh, I, they are. They're pretty solid, yeah. Thing is, he genuinely likes her. He he really does like her. He wants... This isn't the standard movie where, oh, it's a TA and he's just hooking up with her for sex. He genuinely likes her. Yeah. And they have a genuine... They have nice chemistry. And... It, it's through him that we get a little more information about her background. We find out that her father is sick. Mm-hmm. The movie Does the movie ever make it explicitly clear that her parents are still together? Because I... I don't think it does. I got the implication that... I kind of got the implication, though, that like it was her mother that was informing her about her father. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and which, which to me serves as an implication that, oh, they're still together. Right. Traditionally, divorced parents aren't the ones that, you know... 
Right. It is made clear that she comes from, eventually it's underlined that she comes from a mixed race background, which is something that, frankly, you can tell from looking at her. Uh, as I noted, Thompson is right. herself a uh, mixed race. Um, I don't think it's supposed to be something, and she. it's kind of an interesting arc that she goes through in this film, in that she starts to come to terms with her own identity. She is so militantly anti-white culture, and she slowly starts to accept, uh, like, her uh, would-be boyfriend has that great line where he's like, Your favorite director is Bergman, but you tell people it's Spike Lee. You love Bebop, but, but you've got a thing for Taylor Swift. I know, because my Mac picks up your Mac's library. I was so careful. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's great, because, it, you know, and she tells that powerful story eventually about how she felt so alienated when she would go to school and there would be this white man that would be taking her and, you know, trying to hold her. And she would worry about how people looked at her. And that's powerful. That's some good, that's some great stuff. Her arc over the movie is that she gets the position of power. It turns out that it was cheated, that, you know, there was cheating going on to get her in it. Right. And I don't think there's, I don't think we get a 100% clear answer on how that went down. Whether that was purely her or whether... It was somebody on behalf of her, or whether it was both. We don't know. A vital fact yeah. that does come up is that Troy and uh, Sam did date, though they don't really have much interaction in the movie. That's it's 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 made clear that she basically signed up for. She basically tried to run for this position out of spite against him. She didn't really want it, and this was just entirely spite. Which she's upfront about. Oh, she's very blunt about. I know y'all aren't gonna vote for me. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great speech. Um, but of course, her positions, her, the positions sorry, she puts forth uh, on stage are still her positions. Yeah. You know, that, you know, there should be a black house, you know, always standing. And eventually that does succeed. Eventually the controversy. So you, you have her thread. And then you have uh, another character on in the film who seems at first like a foil to her. The wonderful character of Coco, who is played by uh, Teona Paris. I'm sure yeah. I mispronounced that name. I am so sorry. Um, who would go on, actually, to be in Spike Lee's next movie. Um, seriously, the character. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's in Chirac. Really? She's the lead in it. Huh. She oh, she's Liz Estrada? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. She is a hell of a character. Um, let's see. Yeah, 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 she absolutely is. She absolutely is. Nice. That's perfect. Yeah. She's she's really good in this movie. Uh, this character is someone that you have pegged from the moment that you see her, which is she wants to be a reality TV star. She's very much about image. She's very much about looks. She runs a uh, vlog that's kind of a contrast to Sam's uh, radio show. Welcome, muffins. So, I hate to do it to you, but I'm gonna have to get real black with you for a second. So the other day, a girl had the nerve to fix her mouth and ask me if my hair was weaved. Weaved? Really, bitch? First of all, if you're gonna fix your mouth to ask me something like that, say it right, please. It's weave. Noun. Present tense. And as the movie goes on, you start to realize that she's really much more like her than you think. And she is not in any way the character you expect, which is something that I loved getting to discover over the course of this film. As the movie goes on, you start to see that she has as much depth as anybody else in this film, mm -hmm. but she's, you know, but she's putting on her own image. And the movie is kind of about how she herself comes into her own political awareness. Um, and her own awareness of what does she really think and feel. By the way, that little that little book that uh, Sam carries throughout the movie is was that supposed to be written by her, or was that? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I thought so. Yes, yes, because she narrates it, and and she and she like gives somebody a signed copy at one point. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. She's uh, supposed to have been the writer of that. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, there are so many alleys that we could go down in this movie just trying to... So many, so many. Um, yeah, 
There's so much here. <laughs> she is such but as I said, it is interesting. The character starts out as a foil and slowly as the movie goes on, you start to see that they're really a lot alike. And that's kind of an idea that runs through this entire movie is the idea that so many of these characters seem so different and are really fundamentally a lot alike. Mm-hmm. You know, we start we slowly see that yeah, she has her own depth. She has her own reasons and she gets she gets some really good dialogue late in the film. Um, I don't really want to give away what's what happens to her at the party, but yeah. her reaction. But so much of it is really so much of her character development in that sequence is entirely on her face. Yeah, it really is. Um, and she she she's a great character. As I said, there's so many. And now we get to come to the characters that are. Oh boy, these are the fun characters of the movie. The white people of the movie. And I'm saying that with a lot of anger and viciousness because they're pretty horrible human beings. They are, yes. If I mean, I, I stress that not every white character is. Again, you have the TA who is a wonderful, good person. And yeah. you're happy when at the end, Sam does decide to just go public with their relationship and they really do start truly dating. You're happy because... It's earned. However, the 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 dean's fan, the uh, president of the school, and his son and daughter—they're horrible human beings. Um, they are. They're if there's antagonists in this film, they're it. Oh, they're they are definitely the antagonists. The movie is unambiguous about that. You have the idea that okay, the uh, the president—it's clearly laid out. He's an underachiever. He didn't deserve his position, but he got it anyway. The last thing we need is race war in the papers across this country. And I want to make something really clear. If this gets any bigger at all, it's on you, Walter. Racism is over in America. <laughs> the only people who are thinking about it are, I don't know, Mexicans, probably. His daughter is dating Troy when the film begins, and they don't have any chemistry at all. They're not... They're, it's obvious that he is... It's obvious that both of them are just dating each other, to get back their parents. It's who he wants you to be. Ah, so you take a couple of psych classes and now all of a sudden you think you're Freud, huh? Oh, a Freud reference? Sophisticated. Okay. <laughs> Beck, young, mad now. <laughs> Dear white people, this just in. Dating a black person to piss off your parents is a form of racism. We're not shocked when they break up by the end of the film um, at all. And her brother is the absolute worst. Uh, the head of this satire magazine. This guy. Um, yeah. Hey, look, you guys still got affirmative action. That's all I'm saying. All right, check this out. You ready? Obama, right? Leader of the free world. He gets into Harvard based on you. Too late. <laughs> affirmative action. You know who's not president right now? No. The guy who didn't get in. I just want to say right now that Kyle Gallner gives a fantastic performance uh, in the role. Kurt Fletcher, what a great asshole name. <laughs> Kurt Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, what a great name. What a, just a great... The names in this are pretty, are pretty great all around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lionel Higgins. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, we should, I should point something out that's very vital about Lionel. Um... You know, he's gay. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Simeon himself is gay as well. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, I did not either until I just checked on his uh, uh, Wikipedia page. But yes, he is himself. Which really explains a lot about why he's such a, a point of view character. Right, yeah. You know, and he also notes that he's a big Woody Allen and Ingmar Bergman fan. I see, I actually see a lot of Woody <laughs> Allen all over this movie, honestly. Uh, the, chap the chapters is big time Woody Allen. It is, yeah. You know, which, which is, you know, okay. I would love to be able to actually respect Woody Allen as a filmmaker, can I just say? Because I there know. are some things that he does that are just fantastic. Yeah, his, yeah, his style is pretty iconic, even if, you know, he sucks. Yeah. He's good, but what's done here with, uh, you know, but anyway, yeah, so you have Kurt Fletcher, who's just such a this is a terrible person, and this is a symbol for so much wrong. 
he really fundamentally is every asshole on Twitter who tries to say, I'm just joking. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, no, you're not. No, no you're, you're not. not. Like, there's, yeah, there's there's a um, segment that Mike Birbiglia does on one of his ex-girlfriends. And it says, okay, well, this is, uh, it's like, you know, there's there are signs that I should have known. Like, you know, one of the things you would always do is, uh, like, insult him and then just kind of reel it back. Like, ah, you're so stupid. Just kidding. Yeah. And that... Just like that. He comes off as that kind of character, really. Um, like, that... And that was his response to the... To, uh... You know, what he did to Lionel, like, with the voice message. Like, he didn't apologize. He's just like... I'm sorry about the voice message. Do you accept? Do you? Please put that away. Look, sometimes you just gotta talk to these people in a language that they're gonna understand. Pathetic. Wherever they ship you off to, be sure to pack a sense of humor. Fuck you. Oh, God. He's just... He's Ugh. awful. He's loads to... And it should be pointed out, he doesn't ever really pay for anything. No. He's put in the hot seat at the end, but... Well, for one thing, he gets away with everything at the end because, well, he's not really guilty, is the thing. Yeah. He's not te that's true. technically guilty. I mean, what he did was wrong, um, you know, even suggesting the party, but no, he gets away with it. He gets away with it. So you, so you, yeah. so this is the set of characters that we've got, and the movie is just basically one long build as things happen and happen, building to this party. It's that it's that simple of a premise. It's one long journey to things happening. Yeah, I seriously, there's just so much in this movie that it's funny. This is probably going to wind up being a short cast as. You know, we're aware of the fact, by the way, that good movie casts tend to be shorter just because yeah. of the fact that, you know, we don't want to give everything away. Yeah, especially uh, more recent films. Yeah, and this is a recent film. This is, you know, 2015 release. Um, mm -hmm. it, I, I think the movie played Sundance in 2014, 2015 release, I think. I may be wrong about that. I, I think it actually, I think it was a 2014 uh, release, actually. Yeah, it was released uh, towards the end of 2014. Didn't not a, not a huge box office performer, I should point out, but Sundance movies really aren't. It also wasn't that wide of a release. It really wasn't. Sun Lionsgate didn't do a very good job with the release. No, thank you, Lionsgate. And it's, uh, it's not, it wouldn't be the first release that they fumbled. Nope. And it will never be the last. At that, you know, it is getting its own TV series, so there's something, you know, to be said for the success of it. But I did see it at AMC, and I was so happy that it pl was playing near me. It played in Little Rock, which is not a surprise. Little Rock has, you know, it's a huge black market. Little Rock is a very heavy black market, and it makes sense to play a movie here, like this here. Um, we, we, we get... It really doesn't matter how small the release of uh, such a film is. We will get it, um, which I like. I, I, I think we should. Uh, this is, as I said, this is a very uncomfortable movie. I need to stress that it really is not the movie, though, that people are thinking it is. First of all, let's address the fact that the standard horrifying joke that I've heard all over my Twitter feed. Well, how would you like it if there is if there was a show called Dear Black People? Okay. <laughs> the movie addresses this. Four <laughs> minutes, 22 seconds into the movie. Talk to me. Hello there. First time caller, long time listener. So Sam, how'd you feel if someone started a Dear Black People? No need. Mass media from Fox News to reality TV on VH1 makes it clear what white people think of us. Thanks for calling. What's hilarious is that, you know, I watched the making of thing. And uh, one of the things that uh, Justin did, like, in preparation for this movie is actually start a fake Twitter account uh, called Dear White People, where he basically did, does what Sam does, and he 
basically plays the character Sam, and uh, somebody actually did ask him that on the feed, and that was his response. Yeah, and the and of course the best the best ones made on, into the movie. Of course, like the best. Uh, well, I think that's a I think it's a good way to do some pre write. Uh, I think it's a good way to test out and see what works. Um, yeah, I, I should note that all of those lines are fantastic. Um, every time the movie gets into Sam lecturing people, it's great. Yeah, her lectures are really entertaining. Again. Part of that's the writing. Part of that is Thompson just selling the hell out of every line. And yes, some of those made me very uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. But again, art isn't supposed to make you comfortable. Yes, this movie made me uncomfortable a lot of times. I'm glad it did. It was a good kind of comfortable. You know, it's the kind of comfortable that makes you go, okay, this is worth listening to. Um, Yeah, the kind that uh, makes you challenge your assumptions. That's the best i still don't quite think though that the movie is what people think it's about and that's and that's by the way that's not my interpretation that's word of god interpretation uh simeon himself has said that the movie is about identity not about race and that doesn't seem like a stretch to me um i think i've got his exact quote um up and i think it's worth hearing his quote on the movie is that my film isn't about white racism or racism at all It's about identity. It's about the difference between how the mass culture responds to a person because of their race and who that person understands themselves to truly be. Yeah, and that's reflected in the movie. I didn't have to read that quote to know that that was what the film was about. That was what I took away from it. It's funny that he should use the term white racism because, uh, you know, Sam in the movie uh, brings up an argument that I actually kind of agree with, which is... Black people can't be racist. Prejudice, yes, but not racist. Racism describes a system of disadvantage based on race. Black people can't be racist since we don't stand to benefit from such a system. Exactly, and it's it's a great it's a great speech, and it, and I've seen that quoted many times lately. Actually, uh, I didn't know that, that was what it was from, but I've seen it quoted, and I agree with it. I mean, oh yeah, that's that's a common thing, and of course, you know. The the common response is also to ignore that and insist, but it's like, uh, no, no, you're no, wrong. no. The whole point of racism is that it's a system built on oppression. If you're not an oppressor, mm. you can't oppress. You know, does that make sense? If you don't have something over someone, you can't be victorious here. No. And the, the, the theme of identity, as I said, it really is interesting. Uh, watching how... We slowly follow Lionel as he slowly finds himself on this campus is a lot of fun. Eventually he does come, eventually he does find himself uh, on good terms with the black student union. Uh, He eventually finds himself a member and making friends with them. And it's not because he changes himself to fit them. It's because he realizes that, and it's not because they change to fit him. It's because they're not the people he expects them to be. Right, and when he has that beautiful moment of realization, it's like, oh, y'all are y'all are just gonna like me for me. It's like, well, yeah. What's that? Yeah, it's that uh, moment he has with Troy, like uh, when he, okay, so he finally like he gives in and moves into, uh, was Armstrong Parker? Yes, Armstrong Parker. Because, well, one, he has nowhere else to go, and two, he does. He's writing this article, and he needs access to Sam White and the rest of the mm-hmm. house. And this is the way to get it. Yeah, so he's just like, okay, well, because you know, and he does get kicked out of their lunchroom uh, while trying to gather material uh, after they kick the white kids out. A moment that makes you understand why he feels how he feels. Right. Exactly. Like he is assigned to be Troy's roommate. Which you know Troy protests, and uh, it's 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 more of a double room. Like it's yeah. not. I I think that's the suggestion. It's not. It's it's a double room that's connected. Yeah, it's a suite. That's the kind of thing that we had at my camp, at suite. my college campus. Yeah, yeah, and of course, uh, at one point, uh, Troy catches Lionel watching Star Trek, and it really is fun to watch to watch that arc that the character goes through. Um, I like that not everybody comes to a, a clear, conclusive en- end. Um, in fact, 
really very few characters do. There is kind of a sense of, okay, these struggles are going to keep going for these people. Um, yeah, like, I don't think there's really an end for... Well, there kind of is, but for um, uh, Coco... No, she doesn't really get an ending. She just get, It's just clear that she's thinking. Like, that's kind of where her arc ends, is she's thinking. She's not sure, She, but she seems to be in a place of transition. Um, again, I think, again, Paris just really sells the idea that this is a character with a strong internal life. Troy doesn't stand up to his father, like we keep waiting for him to do. He kind of does. Kind of, but, but he still doesn't completely say what he needs to say. Yeah. And, and I like that. I think that's realistic. I think that's a very true, honest idea. Because life is messy, and these characters' lives are going to continue to be messy. I do have a few complaints about the film that I do want to bring up. Uh, just a few complaints. And they're on the filmmaking level. And that's to be expected. This is a first-time filmmaker. I really get the impression that Simeon is more of a writer than he is a director. Which would make sense. The fact that he cites Bergman and Allen, who I think are both in the same boat. They're writers more than they are directors. The things that Allen does best are... In their stuff, their stuff that you find on the script level, I totally see that. I, I totally see that. I totally see that influence. Um, but this isn't exactly the most striking-looking film. It, it really isn't. It's not all that. You know, it's 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 fairly flatly shot. It's yeah. It's basic setup. There, there's some interesting staging, but yeah. But mostly, it's it is kind of TV, frankly. A lot of the staging. Every, it's kind of what? It is kind of more TV than anything else for most of the scenes staging. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I also think the uh, movie is a little flabby. Uh, it's 108 minutes. Okay, I know that people get mad when, you're, when uh, non-filmmakers are like saying that it's easy for us to say, oh, a movie should be trimmed down. Thing is... We ha- we were if you're an astute viewer, you have a sense of pacing. This movie falls into the same trap as, and I swear to God, I'm not bringing it up because it was from the same Sundance class, etc. But it really does kind of fall into the same trap as uh, um, Dope. It has kind of the same issue as Dope. Actually, it's not from the same Sundance class. It's uh, you know same, but it's more or less same co- same couple of years. By the way, I'm a filmmaker. I can back you up on this. Yeah, you can tell when... You can just inherently tell when the pacing is off. And the pacing is kind of off on this movie. Um, It probably could have... A little bit. It would probably have been better closer to 90 minutes. Um, Yeah, I I can see that. There are times that shots run on a bit too long. There are times where we we kind of... We get the point. There are scenes that over-establish things that we kind of already get. And that's okay. That's just how the film works. Uh, I, I, but, but that's a minor complaint. Um, I, I definitely think, as I said, Dope has the same issue with the ending, where there's a clear, obvious end point, but the movie has to keep going to tie up every single loose end that it can with the plot. And I don't necessarily need those things tied up. Because it, 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 or more specifically, you could have rearranged the editing so that the better ending moment comes at the actual ending. At the end, yeah. And that's not what we get here. It, it, it kind of sputters. There's a point where it's like, oh, it's over, and then there were five minutes left in the film. Yeah, I would just rather that they not do that. But that's, but again, these are someone else's artistic choices. You can take that for what it's worth. None of these are deal breakers for me. Yeah, I didn't have like as much of a oh this should have ended a little bit ago as dope, but I mean I was cool with it here. But you know because you know just just because I think dope is oh it was worse and it was way worse in dope in my opinion where yeah there was a real dope clear is... moment that movie should have ended, and it kept going. Yeah, yeah, dope is more. Uh, uh, get from point A to point B type of plot. This actually had more to say, so it had more to wrap up. So I, I, it wasn't as bad for me here. 
and you, and you know what is the real worst of it uh, that I've seen recently is Stranger Things. God, I love that show so much. I really do. But my God, that last episode goes on six beats too long. <laughs> you come to the point where it's obviously over and you've still got at least 15 minutes to go in the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, they're trying to... Granted, they're trying to set for a second season, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be there for the next season, definitely. I can't wait. Uh, October, yeah, I can't yeah. wait. But, yeah, I think it's actually going to debut on Halloween. Um, it is, yeah, yes. That's, which is awesome. But, seriously, no, no, no. Just, you, 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 when... Seriously, I think people... I think one of the all-time great endings I've ever seen on a movie is uh, Quentin Tarantino at the end of Death Proof. The second the movie ends, it ends. Kurt Russell is killed. Cut to credits. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's dead. The movie ends. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, heavily suggested dead, yes. Yeah. But, yeah. That's just it. They don't even say outright that he's dead. It's just, boom. The movie's over. Next. But yeah. but, to, but this is a minor complaint. These are really minor complaints about a movie that I really do think is well worth your time. Is Has something to say. Has ideas. And that's Central Party sequence. We haven't talked about it much beyond right. it's just nauseating. But what more is there to say? It makes you feel bad that you're watching it. There is a lot of blackface in that sequence. There is a ton of blackface. There is so much pure, unadulterated racism. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's all over that film. Here are my thoughts on blackface. Do not ever do it. There is no time that it's okay. No. No, don't do it. Don't. Unless you're Spike Lee and you're trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah, but that's a very different case, and I don't even think that's wholly a successful film. Boy, talk about a movie that needed some editing. Yeah, that was a pretty long movie. Yeah, great script, but God needed the air sucked out of it. Um, so absolutely fatal points, though. Did Lee just know that Michael Rappaport was a flaming jackass on the subject of race? <laughs> did, 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 he, yeah. did he just know that Rappaport is an absolute twit regarding race? Which he's proven to be on Twitter. Ugh. Ugh. I did not know he was still doing things. Oh yeah, Rapport works quite a bit. I mean, which I like him as an actor. I, I like him as an actor quite a bit. But he's very much one of those people. He 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 thinks he's a lot more liberal than he is. If you get you know, it's not that, or it's that he thinks yeah. he knows so much, and I don't think he does. Uh, I think he's well intentioned. Yeah. I, I want to stress that. I think he's well intentioned. I think. It's just his knowledge has not caught up to him. Um, but anyway, this is a damn good movie. Get away from the controversy. This is a fantastic film. And it, more than anything else, it's a very human film. This movie really loves its characters. There's only a few characters in it that are outright horrible. And the rest, this movie just loves. And consequently, you come to love them too. I just, I yeah. really, really dug this movie. A lot. I don't, yeah. I don't know how much more I can really say beyond that. I really dug this movie. This movie made me feel happy. Uh, yeah. This is a really entertaining movie. This is a really smart movie. You're going to get something out of this film. Yeah, it is. You know, Despite its uh, serious subject, it is a feel-good film. It is. It is. And it's a sweet movie. It really is a very sweet movie at its core. Uh, mm -hmm. You come away from it hopeful. And that's a nice feeling. I just... I don't know. It's well worth your time. Uh, it's not hard to get your hands on. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's not on Netflix. I know that. But it's not... I'm surprised at that. Well, it was part of the... It was on Netflix for a time, but uh, the uh, whole Epix deal going over to Amazon, so it, it, was, it, was, it left in that. I do really recommend this movie. It's not hard to get your hands on, obviously, because it's a new movie. And actually, net, come to think about it, I will not be surprised if Netflix winds up getting it and putting it back on before the movie, before the show starts. Like, I'd almost guarantee that that'll be the case. Probably by the time people will hear this, it'll even be on there. 
I highly recommend this film. This is, it occurs to me, we've recorded on two movies in a row, because we did, the last movie we did was a Separation. Movies yeah. like this are why I get excited about watching movies for this cast, because these are movies that are, I'm going to think about this movie for a long time to come. Um, I'll definitely watch yeah. the show. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, this is, this is just, this is a, this is a really damn good movie. Um, I know you bought it, um. Oh yeah, well I, I I had to. I mean I um I was part of the Indiegogo campaign. Well I yeah, I supported the Indiegogo campaign, so I just it's one of those things that kinda of makes you feel personally connected to a film, you know, supporting it. So I, I had to. This is just this is a superb film, and I'm glad I got to see it. Um, yeah. Our next movie is not going to be a superb film. Alright, y'all. Yeah. We let's see. Lately we've you know, of course but you know, you've gotten to hear us shred the Oscars. Our next movie is going to be a real corker of a not good movie. Okay, right now, this is one that we discussed doing before, and, you know, things got in the way. We had obligations we had to get to. But we are going to look at the Clone Wars movie. We are finally going to sit down and look at Star Wars The Clone Wars. We're going to review the movie. We're going to talk a little bit about the TV show. We're going to talk a little bit about the Jendi Tartakovsky stuff. We're, yeah. But we're mostly going to focus on the movie because when people answer what's the worst Star Wars movie and they give an answer other than this one, they are wrong. <laughs> we're also going to discuss where was Star Wars between the prequels and uh, Episode 7. What happened during that time? And we're going to really take a look at it because this is something that needs to be looked at. Yeah, and it all ties into like what Disney is doing with it now. Because we know that Disney is doing just absolutely the uh, absolute best they can be doing with it. Um, we are, we're also going to discuss Rogue One on the same cast. Let, let me note that. We're gonna, also going to discuss Rogue One. Uh, we're kind of looking at the spin-offs of Star Wars, if you will. We're, we'll look at the expanded universe. We're going to cover the effluvia of Star Wars, if you will. Yeah. But I wanted, but we are going to discuss that... Um, but I really want to give my, our our thoughts on what Disney is doing right and what Lucasfilm was doing absolutely ass backwards wrong. So that's coming up. How did Star Wars nearly die? We're going to tell you. So the you can find us at thefilmroom.org. You can find everything there. Find us on iTunes. Podbean and the Podbean app. Yeah, thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Daisy. Uh, thank you, Barack. Thank you, Sean from No Totally. Thank you for your continued support. Thanks, y'all. We 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 are on the hunt to episode one hundred. Yeah. We know what Woo. we know what the movie's gonna be. We we know what the movie's gonna be. We, we we're decided, and it's gonna be a quarter. That's gonna be a hell of an episode. So that's what we're heading towards. So yeah. Until then. All right. <laughs>
Now, we can call black women hoes, yeah. but you can't. I just thought I couldn't say nigga. What the hell is wrong with you, man? You cannot use the N-word. It's not covered in your policy, man. Oh, yeah, you on your own. They mad. Fuck up. Please don't jump me, please. We not gonna jump you. Who do you think this is? We're in Westwood, man. Yeah, bro. We just gonna intellectually denigrate and scold you for the abuse of your white privilege. What's white privilege? Racism insurance. For everything but it? the N-word. Really? Really? I wanna learn! I wanna give you the I wanna learn!